0: Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated in loving memory of Tera Hakim, Lilunishma Neshma, Tera Frida, sponsored uh, by the Ajmi family, Ruach Alonai, T'Nichena V'Gan dedicated for a complete and complete refuah for uh, our Rabani, Chana uh, Farchi, Chana Sima Feiga, Be'ezat Hashem, we should be zochet to see, uh, her have a complete recovery. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> also, amen. Also, speeding a complete recovery for Rabbi, Rabbi Eli Abadi, Eliyahu Shimon Ben Baza Fortuna. And dedicated <laughs> and member, Ms. Bat Saffer, whose philanthropy has reached so many and continues to reach so many throughout the entire world. Week of Cobra is also sponsored uh, by David E. Ash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to go today and every day. We'd like to extend a warm welcome to Rabbi Finchas who is here with us uh, from Eretz Israel, mumche in halacha, especially in the realm of medical halacha, uh, it's a, a wonderful privilege to have him here with us. Of course, if anyone has questions and would like to speak to him, uh, the rabbi is uh, is very, very generous with his time, with his speaking. It's a zechut to have such a a tamid chacham, a person who is solely shem shamayim here with us, Rabbi Hazak Baruch. The pasuk tells us, bnei Yisrael, zach." It teaches us that we're supposed to have, for the menorah, we're supposed to have the purest olive oil. Shemen, zait, oil from an olive, zach. It needs to be pure. Katit That means it was pressed specifically, for the light. You can't press it and think to yourself, I want to make an omelet, and then be like, oh, I forgot, I have to light the menorah, let's do the menorah with this one. If you pressed it for an omelet or for a donut, it doesn't work. It's got to be pressed for, for the sake of uh, lama'or, <clears throat> in order to raise a tamid, this everlasting flame of the Jewish people. Now, my friends, before we get into anything else, there's one obvious question that needs to be addressed. And we've already addressed this question in one iteration when it came to Shulchan and the class that we did last week, which was titled VIP Table. Just a quick uh, shout out to all of uh, uh, to all the people that messaged over the last week at the classes we did on Tiruma about building a Jewish home from all the different angles. A lot of people actually reached out to say they were very helpful. Uh, if anyone would like, all those classes are uploaded on Spotify and Torahanytime.com. You can go back and look at uh, those classes, VIP table, Home Improvement Project. Those are all uh, different ideas surrounding this concept of... Uh, of, uh, of the building of a Jewish home the relation- and the relationships within it. We pointed out last week a very simple question. When we're talking in the construction of the Bet HaMikdash, we tell you how to build each one of the many vessels. The Aron, the Shulchan, the Menorah, the, uh, and, uh, and the Mizbeach. And actually, yesterday, in the Shabbat afternoon class, I asked the question. It's interesting, because we have a perashah dedicated to building the, the temple, and it tells you those four vessels, okay, those four vessels, that's the order. Aaron, Shulchan, Minorah. okay? Mizbeach, those are the Kelim. We skip two Kelim that are not mentioned at all. Which two Kelim are, mentioned, are not mentioned? Kior and Mizbeach apanimit. Those two um, uh, elements are not in the Pirashah. They're separated, and it's weird why they're not in the perasha which describes the construction of the Beit HaMikdash, okay? That's question number one. So we explained yesterday in the Shabbat afternoon class that there were four pillars of a Jewish home. And those four are these four kelim. Now it's interesting to me, and I asked everyone to remember in the Shabbat afternoon class, but I forgot to answer why, that what are the four kelim that I mentioned? Aaron, Sukhan, Minorah, Mizbeach. That's the order. In between the menorah and the Mizbeach, there's a departure we talk about, something for an extended period of time. What do we talk about? The yeriot, okay, which is the curtains that were then used to create the top of the uh, what's it called? The top of the uh, uh, of the mishkan, and the reason I think why it was laid out in that way is because those the roshet tevot of those of those kelim, with or without yeriot in the middle, spells the word ashemim. We have that word in the pasuk by Yosef as sadiq when the brothers sell Yosef, and then they come to a recognition that they made a mistake. And what do they say? We are guilty. We, we are responsible. We made this mistake. I think maybe the Torah is hinting to you that if a person doesn't spend the time to be able to insert these things into their home, we are responsible. We are guilty for the destruction. As Al-Chachamim explained to us, every generation that does not have the Beit HaMikdash rebuilt in their day, it is as if they destroyed it themselves. So a lot of times you have a person sitting there, and their house is in ruins, their marriage fell apart, their relationship with their children is gone, and they sit there and they say, why did this happen to me? Ruchi, nine times out of ten, it didn't happen to you. You happened to it. Not that you did something wrong, not that you broke, not that you destroyed, but like we say every generation that doesn't build, it's considered as if they destroyed, did you build? Did you put these things in, into, uh, into place? And we explained yesterday and throughout last week the implications, the idea behind each one of the Kelim as it is referenced in the HaAsu. But we pointed out that one thing is interesting, stands out in, as an anomaly. Because the whole of the Pira describes <clears throat> the construction of the Temple. It doesn't describe anything that you do in the Temple. Except for one exception, in the Shulchan, where it tells us about the Lechem apanim. Now, I don't really need to know about the Lechem apanim. now. It's part of the order of the sacrifices of what you bring in the temple. So it didn't belong. We explained how a part of the Shulchan itself is the bread that's on it. Okay? It was a very deep idea. And as we explained on Shabbat, all the sifarim tell us that there's great secrets about the Lechem apanim. The Arizal says, you know, according to Zohar, you know, reveal to us the secret of the 12 breads. The Rambam, when he gives examples in Morey Rebuchim, tells us what each thing means. He tells you he doesn't know the reason for this, for this thing, for the Lechem ha-panim. So that's a great secret. But you see as well that this thing was part of the construction. Here again, I'm going to ask a question. We're going to go from the construction of the temple to the construction of the clothing of the Kohanim. Primarily, that's what happens in Tirumah. and in Tetzaveh we move to the clothing of the Kohanim of the Kohen Gadol. But then we take a short detour, and the detour is this point right over here. They're about to build the temple and make the clothing. Why are you commanding me now about the olive oil that I'm going to need for the for the Menorah? It's a strange thing. Is out of place. Now, in the same way that we understood that the bread had to be a part of the Shulchan, and that's why it was mentioned as part of the construction of the blueprint for the for the Mishkan, so too we have to understand that there's an element of the lights, of the oil, that is incumbent upon us to discuss here, even though it's not part of the menorah. because if it was, it would have been mentioned in the same way in uh, Parashat and which it wasn't, it's mentioned by, in passing, but not like it's mentioned by, by the Lechem Panim. But we have to understand why is it, what is it coming over here and why is it the separation between the Beit HaMikdash and the Begadim. Now my friends, I want to share with you an idea that we say um, every Saturday night. We talk about this idea and we say, HaMavdil Ben Kodesh Lechol Ben Or Lechoshech. Now, it's an interesting thing, because when we separate between Kodesh, holy, and mundane, that's an interesting separation. That makes sense to me. But what is the continuation of that berakhah? Mabdil ben Kodesh lechol, ben Or between light and dark. There's six other days which have a differentiation between light and dark. Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. I get that Sunday is not the same as Sunday night. I understand that. But what does that have to do with the separation of Kodesh and Chol? Did you ever wonder this? You want to tell me you're separating Kodesh and Chol? I get it. Right? Ben <inaudible> I get it. <inaudible> Between the Jews and the non-Jews. I get it. There's a difference of the Kedushah, of what you stand for, of what you live for. Okay, I get it. Between seven days of the week and Shabbat. I get it. This is a different day. It stands for something else. What's the difference, Or and Choshech, in this context? It's strange. It doesn't belong. The answer is that in truth, there is a difference of Kodesh and Chol between Or and Choshech. Now, it might be that the day is not holier than the night, although there's a Gemara that talks about the night being a time of more sin. There's another Gemara that talks about that the night is a time which is miyuchad for Torah. So, I don't know, I don't think that the night is less holy per se than the day. But I think we're learning something very beautiful over here. In the morning, we make a berachah. It's one of the first berachot that we make in the morning. Hanoten sehvi bina ben yom we give God an interesting blessing, two different ways of interpreting the blessing. Either it's that we have the wisdom to differentiate between day and night, and some people translate the word "sehvi" to mean that God gives the rooster the ability to differentiate between day and night, two different opinions as to how to explain how to explain this, uh, this idea. okay? Now, to me, there's something very powerful in that Bicha. What is your beracha? What are you blessing? You woke up in the morning, Hashem, thank you for me being able to tell the difference between a day and a night. It's a strange blessing. What are we saying? What are we communicating? Even stranger, if you're blessing God randomly for the fact that the rooster could, Hashem, thank you so much for allowing the donkey to tell the difference between the food that he eats and something he doesn't eat. What are we doing? Answer, my friends, is that our Biracha begins and tells us that unless we are able to understand the difference between daytime and nighttime, we live meaningless lives. In our world today, it's not as prevalent, it's not as noticed. But the time for work used to be the daytime. They would get up at the crack of dawn, every minute of light was used. When it came time for nighttime, that was when they stopped working. So the nighttime was a time of rejuvenation, of sleep, of uh, storing up energy, and the daytime was the time uh, for a person to be able to expend that energy, to be able to do, to produce, to achieve, to accomplish. So we start off by saying, HaKadosh and I need you to understand this is very important. One of the first berachot that we say, we start off and talk about the fact that our body actually works without health, you have nothing, okay? But before we could talk about anything else, before we can talk about how blessed we are that we could walk, that we have clothing, that uh, we can see, before we talk about the fact that we we were born free men, that we were part of the Jewish people, before you can bless God that you're a Jew, you have to bless God that you understand how to take something in life and do something with that something, how to achieve, how to work hard, how to accomplish, how to create, and to take pleasure in working, in doing something, in producing. A person that could sleep through the day, just like he sleeps through the night, is a person who was better off never being born. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that. A person who is happily unemployed, happy to collect rent checks, excuse me, happy to collect welfare checks, excuse me. Happy to do that, sit back, do nothing. Better he was not born. I'm not saying we should go kill someone who's on welfare. That's not what I'm saying. The pasuk says, Adam le'amal yulad. Literally, the pasuk is saying that a human being was born to work. We were born to toil. We were born to sweat. We were born to work hard. It is only in our generation that we have an idea that working hard and schwitzing and stress is not a good thing. What do we do when we have stress now? We medicate it away. You can medicate with pills, you can medicate with alcohol, you can medicate with drugs, you can medicate with a lot of things by the way. Okay, you can do a lot of things to get rid of stress. But who said that stress was not supposed to be part of the human experience? Who said that? Who said that we were not supposed to Go to bed at night exhausted from work. Whatever your work is, learning, work, it's not supposed to be this hard. Really? I think it is supposed to be this hard. And if it's not this hard, you know, in our world, we have this idea that if something is hard, that means it must not be right. I think it's the opposite. If something is so easy that it doesn't take any effort whatsoever, that's how you know it's not right. Because Adam le'amal yulad. Now the funny thing is, we think as human beings that we were born once. 1978, March 7th. We were born. For the rest of my life I live until Bezat Hashem 120, I'll die. Actually, Bezat Hashem, I won't die. Mashiach will be here. live forever. Take that. Strike that from the record. (laughs) But actually, as we say in the Tefillah, it doesn't work that way. Actually, HaMechadesh a person is reborn every single day. And if you've ever felt something, a job, a mission, uh, a, 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 a deal, a Gemara, a class, where you felt yourself come to life, come alive, get excited. You ever feel that? You feel so engaged, you're like, yes! Right? You're driving down the court. There's a guy there open. The ball goes back, the ball goes forth. You do this unbelievable play. Yes! You feel that? You go to court, difficult court case, dragging out for months. You think you're going to lose. You come up with something. End of the day. Yes! That feeling is a, another example, another moment of rebirth, where you've experienced such joy and excitement electricity because your hard work paid off. My friends, we need to embrace sweating. It's true at work. It's true in a marriage. I don't want to talk. If I say that, she's going to say that. If then she says that, I go there, then there's so what I need is problems. So what do you do? You live with a flawed. You live with a underwhelming marriage for as long as you could stand it because you don't want to do the work. What a waste. You know what? Even if it never blows up, you're, you're vanilling your way through life. A person each day needs to ask this question: Am I living a life of night times, or am I living a life of day times? The Torah was going to tell us something very powerful here. I'm teaching you how to build your life, how to build your home, and there's many lessons in the kelim and the construction of the temple. And in just a minute, I'm going to start telling you how much of an elevated person you're going to be. The Gemara tells us in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Mani Mechabdi. Mani Mechabdi means clothing brings a person respect. You know what you feel like when you're uh, really well-dressed? You know, you got that beautiful suit on, you feel like a, a million dollars, you feel great. Mani they did a study, by the way, you should just know, in private schools. And the schools where they made the kids wear suits and ties to school. All over England, by the way, you have it. The dress code itself raises morale, raises behavioral uh, uh, responses, raises the grades of the children. Mani We did a program in England where we taught people when they were choosing where to go to university, you know, how to choose different careers, challenging them, making them see the world, introducing them to really important people in each industry, it was an unbelievable program, okay? But part of the program was, we would send the kids a message the night before, we were going to the city to meet the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and we would send the kids two words, suit up, and the kids would come to school, ready to go in to uh, Thomson Reuters, ready to go in to Herbert Smith Freehills, ready to go in uh, to the, uh, the media arm of, the Har- of Harry Potter. They went and spoke, but what happened was, all of a sudden, this 11th grader, he's dressed apart, he's wearing a tie, he comes up to the CEO and asks, is there any way, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, is there any way I could get an internship here? And the kid got an internship. Children who normally are not thinking this way are sitting there, So engaged that they decided, they called home in the middle of a session and said, I want to change my major. I want to go to take another course in university. When you dress that way, you think that way. So it is incredibly important, as the Pasuk says, why are we dressing the Kohanim this way? (laughs) For honor and glory. And that sounds like a funny thing. You're coming in front of God and you're going to walk in with this clothing on for honor and for glory? Opposite. Doesn't God love a person who comes in with humility? Doesn't God love a person who's low? And there are two answers that I brought in the commentaries. One answer is, it's true. God doesn't need the kohen with his kavor and his tef'aret. But the Jewish people needed it. The Jewish people needed to come to the rabbi Come to the Kohen and feel that this person was chasuv. Part of the reason why Aselech HaRav is so important is because if you've not made him into your rabbi, his advice, his teachings, his rulings are worthless. Because they remain in his mind, on his lips, but they don't enter into your realm. When you make him your rabbi, I'll never forget, I came to be a rabbi in England, and um, it was right in the beginning, and I was uh, right. I, just, I just arrived there, and I'd started giving classes, and I met some guys, and it was amazing, and I was teaching, and they were loving it. And one guy came up to me, and he said, Rabbi, he was very emotional, and he said, Rabbi, I really, I, I know you, you talked about it. I said, I want to make you my rabbi. He says, so what do I have to do? I said, um, I said get, do you see the ring on your finger? He said, yes. I said, take it off. He takes it off. I said, get down on one knee. He gets down on one knee. I said, say, will you be my rabbi? He's like, well, I was like, get up. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, there's not a thing. You know, there's no, (laughs) hare at mikudesh, no. (laughs) hare at rab sheli. no, right? But I'll tell you one thing. Although it started as a joke in my mind, I'm not so sure it's that funny. Because today we live in a world where people pick and choose they go to this rabbi for this. They don't like that he said it's the fast is over at 6.30. You know, they go to another, they shop another rabbi because he says 6.22. For eight minutes, you took your assay l'charav, you threw it in the garbage. <laughs> for eight minutes, you fasted the whole day. Eight minutes, this rabbi has a different opinion as to when nightfall is. Khalas, he's gone. I go with the 6.14 rabbi. Maybe there needs to be some sort of investiture. There needs to be some sort of process. So people feel like they're connected and they have an obligation to that, to, to listen, to follow. So the first answer is the kavod al It was for the people. Am Yisrael needed to buy in to the fact that I'm bringing a korban and this person is going to bring me kapara. That's one answer. It's an answer that we find also why HaKadosh Baruch Hu will not allow a ba'al mum, someone who is disabled, to be a kohen in the temple. And all the commentaries ask, what does that mean? Why why would it make a difference to God that someone is a ba'almum? Doesn't God love the broken? Doesn't God... And and the mekhfarshim say that God says, this is not for me. Who did I choose to be my messenger in this world? Moshe Rabbeinu, a ba'almum. But that's what I'm choosing. Here, you're choosing. You're choosing this person. You need to believe that this person could bring you kapara. So therefore, lekhaberot of but my friends a second answer is perhaps a little bit more i think important to this discussion and that is the kavodath fair is not for everybody else it's for you it's hamavdil ben or lechoshech it's understanding that this work the building of this bet hamikdash the opportunities of teshuva i am someone i matter I am someone who lives a life which is respectable. I'm going to dress the part, I'm going to do the work, I'm going to come to Beth Knesset and I understand that this is not about me. You know what? Who cares? It's not about you. When you've done something wrong, you need to make it right. Even if you don't feel you need to make it right, you still need to make it right. You know what? I hurt this guy's feelings. I took money from him. I never paid him back. I'm going to declare bankruptcy. It's the law. Bankruptcy says, law says I don't have to pay the guy back. Ganav. The appellate court, the city court, the state court, the federal court cannot unmake you a criminal for stealing someone's money that you borrowed and didn't pay back. I don't care if it's chapter 7, chapter 11, chapter 62, or the whole book. You borrowed money, you have to pay back. The US government cannot annul your responsibility to pay money that you took from someone and you have a responsibility to give it back. If it takes you your whole life, you have to pay it back. That's what it means When I come to the Beit HaMikdash and I understand that this is a model for the way that I build my life, do you respect yourself? Do you understand that you were born in this world to work and work and work? And you know what the crazy thing is? If I said work three times and you felt like that's a lot of work, then you have work to do. The Mishnah says, We have to love the day. We have to be excited for the day. You see a new project. It's exciting. It's not like, oh... If you love when projects end and not projects when projects begin, you might be in the wrong job, I don't know. If you're on vacation and you don't want to come back, you might need to switch jobs. I tell you, I love vacation. You know, some people can't switch off. I'm very good, I can switch off. no problem. Put the blackout shades. I understand, you need to recover. But for how long? A day, two days, how long could you sit in the sun? Roasting like a piece of chicken. That's what you are? How long? How long before you feel like I need to do something? I need to do something. Vacation's amazing. Spending time away, re- rejuvenating, gathering your strength, new perspective, I get it, amazing. Until when? So the pasuk introduces the idea of mani mechabdi, of respecting yourself, by understanding that this respect It's not a matter of kavod. It's not a matter of arrogance. It's not a matter of making yourself look good. It's a matter of understanding, what does it take to be good? What does it take to accomplish? Rabbi Akiva is 40 years old. And then one day he's walking down the road and he sees a rock, and there's water dripping on the rock. And the rock eventually, obviously has a hole in it. And he looks at this rock, and he sees it as a hole, and he says to himself, Wow, if a rock, which is so hard, could be penetrated by water, which is so soft, how much more so could my heart, which is made of flesh, which is soft, be penetrated by the powerful words of Torah? I always love that. That means that Rabbi Akiva was not yet a person who even knew Aleph Bet. And he already made his first Kalvach And what happens? He goes to study and he knows nothing. Could you imagine the embarrassment of walking into a class of children? Everyone is sitting there, they're three years old. And the rabbi, the morah in kindergarten, is teaching. And there's a guy in the back, 40 years old. Today you call cops. And I bet you there was kids that got it faster than him. And there was kids that were more advanced than him. Embarrassed. Would you have stayed? You got inspired, would you have stayed? That's what it means. The Torah is telling you here, you have to appreciate, you have to understand, or lechoshech, the difference between the life that you lead when you're willing to work hard, when you're willing to try and work on becoming a respectable person, a good person, you understand that, then you're willing to put in the effort. Eventually he becomes, again, understand this, the greatest Torah scholar that the Jewish people have ever had and will ever have. I love pointing this out. How do I know Rabbi Akiva was the greatest scholar the Jewish people ever had? Is that an opinion? Do I happen to like Rabbi Akiva? I remember learning Gemara with one guy, and he's like, oh, Rabbi Nachman, I love this guy. I was like, totally different Rabbi Nachman. The guy thought the guy Rabbi Nachman in the Gemara. It was Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. He's like, oh, I love this guy. I was a different guy. <laughs> I'm not saying Rabbi Akiva, I love this guy. You know who says it? Gemara says it. That when Moshe Rabbeinu was in Shamaim, He sees HaKadosh Baruch Hu is tying the crowns on the letters. And Moshe says, I don't know what those are. What are those? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, A a Tamil Chacham who's going to be able to interpret each one of these crowns. Who is he? Rabbi Akiva. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, then why don't you have him give the Torah? Moshe says that this guy who's 40 years old before he learns a word. How many times do I get a message, my friends, from someone who says, Rabbi, I can't believe I found this glass. I bumped into it, a friend introduced me, I saw it on Instagram, someone sent me a clip from Torah anytime, I got from iTorah, I got you class, I got into it, I'm learning, I'm growing. How old are that? 30, 40, 50. Someone told me that their grandmother listens every day, she's over 90 years old. She said She says you changed her life, I was like, what life? (laughs) She's 95, but that's the answer my friends of Mabdil bin ole choshech You're 95 years old, who cares? All the days before you didn't do something, do something today. Do something now. You can't join the Gemara class because you never learned Gemara, so what? Before you learned this class, did you listen to this one? You didn't listen. Before you knew the Aleph bit, did you know the Aleph bit? No, that's why you're learning it. Or means, turn on the lights. Learn something new. In fact, Al-Chachamim explained that shemen is an allegory, oil is an allegory for Torah. And therefore, the Torah is teaching us. I'm giving you all these lessons, but at the end of the day, if you're not willing to see the difference between the daytime and the nighttime, between light and dark, then there is no kodesh and chol for you. There's no holy, there's no mundane, there's no Betamikdash, mikdash there's no clothing. So let's go. Get on the train. And I'll tell you one thing, if anyone here has ever become a runner, has ever ridden the—I I don't know, a peloton, a bike, has ever played basketball, those first times you go, every muscle, every bone in your body is killing. When you go to the gym and the train is one more, and you're like, ah! You do it enough times in a row, you know what happens? If you miss a day, you feel like something's missing. And you push, and you push, and you love it! There's nothing more beautiful in this world they're trying to learn a Gemara, or one of the poor scheme, not understanding it, 16 times break your head, bang it against the wall, until finally all of a sudden the key comes, and it opens the lock, and the lights turn on. And you're like, oh my God! I wish and I bless each and every one of you with that pleasure, with that gift that we should be zokhe, labdir ben or, ben achoshech, that we're willing to work hard in our marriages, in our work, in our life, in our Torah, and be'ezat Hashem, we'll be Zoche to be dressed le kavor, u'letifaret, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will bless us with those magnificent clothing, yet again. Baruch Adonai Dei.